On this episode of Resi Week, we wrap Cedia 2023, talking about video walls, speakers, lighting, and more. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 397, Distill It Down. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories from the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends who I just saw in person, like in real life. Three dimensions. Three dimensions. First, we have Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV. How are you doing, sis? Hey. How's it going? We're all a little jet lagged. I don't think any of us are in the time zone we just were in. Anybody else jet lagged? Yeah. I'm not necessarily jet lagged, but I'm still, I haven't talked to people that much in four years. So no. We're just show lagged. We're show lagged. We're show lagged. Matt is still salty in person. Yeah, a little, yeah still salty. True. All right. Then we have Jeremy Glowacki. He's the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How you doing, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I haven't uh, posted anything on my website today. It's like I can't get out of my way. I've got just all these little things to catch up on, and I'm not doing my main job. But here, I feel like I'm finally doing some work, so this yeah, is this good. Is work. Yeah, this is work. This is work. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll count it. Well, maybe you, you were playing too much pickleball while you were away, and it's rotted your brain. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> then we have Katie McGregor-Bennett. She's the president of KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing great. haven't played pickleball at all, ever, so... There's that. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Neither have I, because I'm an adult. Oh, my God. Before we go down that vein too much, uh, yeah, I see you over there. All right. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff from CD Expo, because all of us were stinking there, which was fantastic. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with this. So we'll start with something that comes to us from CE Pro. Just video walls solves big problems in micro LED at CD Expo. Um, just video walls was there. Uh, Quantum was there. A bunch of uh, direct feet. Planar was there technically. In the Absin. Absin's another good one worth mentioning. Absin was there. There was a bunch of direct view video walls, uh, including, of course, the, the stalwarts from Sony and from Samsung. Um, there was a ton of this which the last time I was at Cedia, albeit a couple of years ago, this was not even really a segment. Uh, so this was really, really cool to see. Heather, what is what is the direct view space look like for Resi? Is this still a 1% of the 1% application or is it going to triple down? It is for now, but I don't think it's going to stay that way. I think that just like any technology that we've seen trickle down over time, I think that we're going to continue to see direct view LED walls come trickle down as well. And every year we're getting there. I mean, it's it's amazing some of the price differences when you look at some of these serious players who are um, bigger players overseas, but really learning how to communicate well and, and put out their product uh, in America. Um, I think we're going to continue to see those price points drop. And as they do, I mean... Custom walls for your custom walls. Why not? Jeremy, you saw a bunch of these. Is this a passing fad? Or is this going to, like, I, I'm not going to say is this the death of um, projection. 
but there's a lot of situations where this is going to, for again, that, those luxury clients, this is going to supersede any projection option. Rooms you can't control the light, right? I mean, we finally have this option. Sorry, Jeremy, I still do fun. Yeah, I was going to say that. No, I, uh, <laughs> even digital projection, it's in their name, you know, mm -hmm. they have, uh, they're working on micro LED solution as well. Um, they're bringing back George Walter, who was a veteran of that company forever and did a lot of different entrepreneurial pursuits. And now it's kind of circled back to this company he was with for a long time. And that's his main um, motivation is something new. I'm going to be working on the video wall uh, initiative for this company. They're a big play on the commercial side, um, on the video wall side. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's definitely something they're not new to for, for that you know commercial side, but for the residential side, it's a little different. And you, you mentioned just video walls, and they're trying to simplify it for the integrator. Um, but even somebody like a company like Samsung, they're trying to do these more modular video walls where it's like two sections that come together rather than having to put together all the little cubes. And it it comes in basically like two big TVs that you can get down the stairs and get around a you know doorway, whatever. Um, still, still not so massive. It doesn't go in efficiently. But you just don't have to build the thing you know, like a little Lego system and know as much as you would need to know if you were kind of putting it together. Um, but it's great that, I mean, I'm trying to learn a new language. I'm trying to learn about pixel pitch and things like that. It's not, it's not all like kind of clicking with me yet because you, you hear all these, these terms that thrown at you. I'm still learning about new lighting terminology and lemons and things like that for this industry that weren't, things we talked about like maybe five years ago. And so the video wall, definitely something new and it's it's very expensive, yes. But I think that because you've got a company like a Samsung trying to find a way to make this a solution that can be more accessible and easier to install. Um, and they've all got services. That's the cool thing. Just video walls isn't the only one trying to do the service thing. Um, Planar, that was a pitch from them like a year ago even maybe two years ago where they said, we have a whole engineering team that we can design it, we can bring it in and install it, have like a white glove kind of service. Mm -hmm. You know, all this costs a lot, but it, it can take a lot of pressure off the integrator. Um, so I think they're doing everything they can. Now the big pushback always is, what do you do with the audio? You can't put speakers behind um, a big wall. So, you know, you see quantum, it was, there's plenty of audio in that room for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely no lack of, you know, you know, SPLs, but it, it, they were on the side, obviously, or below, and you just kind of have to figure out a new way of doing it. I think from a video perspective, we can all decide that quantum oh still the show from the video. Oh my side. gosh. Yeah. No question. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there were, it was a big deal last year. And I think that that was, you know, it was like, can, can they raise, can they raise the bar? And, you know, objectively, it's, can they raise the bar? And absolutely, absolutely they did. And I think that was very evident on day one. Um, at, you know, Matt, you said you came back. So um, there are some interesting things. And Jeremy, you mentioned it. And just so there's the imaging with the video walls. It's really critical. And that's something that they talked about in this demo. I, I have a I rep quantum. So I'm talking a little bit just from what I know from there. But it's the top, bottom sides. It's the whole thing. And getting that, getting that imaging right is really difficult 
a lot of the manufacturers do have the the service and support aspect. Um, and I think that, you know, it's the detail that matters of what level of detail and is there an additional cost? Do they come in with the integrator? Do they assist the integrator or uh, are they the team that goes in because the integrator doesn't have those capabilities? And I think that's the huge opportunity there. And, and Jeremy, you touched on a little bit is you don't have to, as an integration firm, you don't have to have those resources full time. If these projects come in, there, there are brands that can provide those to you. So it's um, you know, it's another one of the situations where you don't have to be the, the expert in the room. You just need to be able to to close the deal and then bring in the experts to to, to finish to finish the room. So, um, one other thing too that you mentioned early on is you know is this the death of projection? Sorry, I just wanted to touch on that really quickly. Is is it the death of projection? And I and I don't think that it is at all. What the consistent message that I'm hearing is, and and I, I kind of heard this coming in from the music industry, but it's it's the right it's the right rig for the gig. So and in some cases it's both. And, you know, in, in churches and things like that, where it isn't one or the other. And I think, you know, the one thing I just want to say, and then I'll step down is as an industry, that's how we work is what's the right gear for the application, apply it correctly. So it's not in some cases, it isn't one or the other, it's both. Um, and I think that's still really important just to kind of reiterate, because I think there is sort of that tendency to go to the newest shiny thing. But there's still an application for the thing that's been been there and been great. So yeah, for sure. I the The one thing I wanted to touch on with quantum specifically, and the fact that you wrap them is just, you're here. That It's not because, yeah, that's yeah, not right, why we're not, talking about That's it. not why I'm here. No, yeah, exactly. I understand. <laughs> um, just make it clear for everybody else. But one of the biggest things that hit me with the quantum demo was one, it was a 0.9 pitch that didn't look like a 0.9 pitch. Wasn't it a 1.2 pitch? But it was. They, they have a 1.2 and a, and a 0.9. Yeah, I thought it was 1.2 they were showing, but it was actually, instead of 12 feet away, you could actually be closer because of their, like, proprietary magic. You can't see it. Like, it is it is insane. And the other aspect is that a lot of video wall manufacturers, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but they use the same wall for commercial as they do in residential, which is cool and typically not an issue. The one different thing that Quantum did that I found just hilariously simple is they don't use a gloss chassis. They use a matte black chassis, which sounds ridiculously dumb until you've done a ton of video walls. And then you go, oh, wow, that's really helpful because you don't get the glare. And it's a, it's, it's really talking about gaming in video walls. That was the only one I can remember talking about gaming. So 120 Hertz. Yeah. Playing games. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I'll give you, I'm not going to name names. Because this is not a positive. Oh, name all comment. the names. Shame, shame, shame. No. <laughs> okay. Well, so I went to that outdoor pavilion aspect mm -hmm. area, which was underutilized. There were only three companies participating, but I, I grabbed a beer out there and, and met with Draper, which is a company that I'm, you know, they're home homeboys. They're from Indiana, and and saw their outdoor shading. But then there was a video wall out there, and I didn't know whose it was, and it was hit by direct sunlight, and you couldn't see a damn thing on it. It was just reflecting the sun. And it was just video walls, I have to say. I found that out just as I was researching for this, you know, meeting. So, so there, there are there are companies that are really talking about we can handle the direct sunlight. We're designed to be able to be outdoors and all that. And that one apparently wasn't quite up to snuff for that particular application. And I, I, I always give people the benefit of the doubt at a trade show because they could have had a problem with the sensor. They could have maybe not set it up properly for outside, not knowing how much sun they were going to get. There, there's a lot of things there. And we've all seen video walls that perform really well outside and terribly outside. Um, but it is, it, it's, 
to Katie's point, you just have to make sure you're specking the right thing. And if you don't know what you're doing, reach Which out. Which is to, why you go to these shows. Yeah. And reach out to any of the manufacturers and they'll help you spec the right thing. Right. All right. Let's change topics for a second because we focused on video. Let's focus on audio because that'll be fun. Um, there's an article on ResiTech today from Mr. Jeremy Gohaki talking about Origins expanded and upgraded luxury ambisonic bollard speakers, um, which if you didn't see them in, cool, in person, they're incredibly cool. Um, they're cool normally, that like the regular ones, the regular bollards are awesome. Um, but the new ones look really, really sexy. Did they get married? The bollards? Yeah, the speakers. Did the speakers I'm just get waiting on too? my wedding gift of bollards. That's mm. what Joe told me I was getting. So, Mr. Whitaker, when you're listening to this, um, I'll take mine in matte black. That's fine. Um, but only the ambisonics. Don't don't wimp out on me with the standards. Um, Origin also debuted, excuse me, um, a, a new pro line with new half rack amplifiers, like half half width as well as full width. Um, tons of power, a lot of other cool things. I sat in a Trinoff demo that was out of this world. You know, that demo reminded me of how you can play something really loud. And if it's really good, it does not hurt your ears. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, like, I just haven't heard such a good audio demo in so long. I forgot that. Like, if you tr you can turn it all the way up. And if it's good audio, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And, and Matt, why don't you tell us what the uh, 8.30 a.m. Uh, oh, demo was of that? Don't make me relive this. All right, fine. So I, I go to the Trinoff demo because um, I heard it was ridiculous. And we've got a couple friends that, that were integral in making that happen. Um, and I wanted to hear this ridiculous phased subwoofer approach. Um, I was told they were showing some cool demos, including a John Wick demo, which makes me happy. So I go to it. Uh, John Siaka came in with me because he had already seen it and wanted to see the second demo reel, which I w was thinking was this John Wick reel. And they proceeded to show me a quiet place at 830 in the morning where she steps on a nail. I did not need to see that. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at you, all of y'all that ran that oh. booth. Terrible choice. I don't need that at 830 in the morning. The squishy of the foot, like with 12 by 12 subs, are you out of your mind? Um, it sounded phenomenal. I chills, yeah. I was having a hard time not squealing. Good gosh. I, I had to turn away. Because I don't like that stuff. I'm very empathetic toward, uh, you know, the the labor, the giving birth process, the the pain that women go through, and I know exactly how it feels. Because, you know, you've I, had a cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been stung by a bee. Sucked. It was so painful to watch. The only demo I hate worse than that one is the gunshot one, the Costner movie with the 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 old west where they they said we got the authentic gunshot sound we recorded it and it's mm -hmm. like them just going pop pop you know like and it's yeah. so loud in the demo room you know you're getting like this his husband probably has that gun it was a real test of of uh, you know of certain speaker qualities and I, I i understood why i would like some of those demo people when they're playing things like gunshots to recognize that if you actually go shoot a gun you wear earmuffs yeah. So yeah. you don't hear, hurt your stinking ears. So, you know, with that quick comment on the, the, the content selection at trade shows, I would also say um, know your audience, too. Um, at ISE, probably not a good idea to show war movies blowing up and, like, all of that. 
not good when you have an international audience. I'm like, I'm dead serious. Maybe we, they should we, think we, about. We got to pay better attention to the content. <laughs> we need to be paying better attention to our content. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh. that that early morning horror. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. I didn't enjoy it. There was another one that had me in tears first thing in the morning. I was like, this, this I don't I don't need this. I want happy yeah. happy demos in the morning. <laughs> Those are really loud guns too. They're incredibly loud. All right. Um. So the there was a cool crossover again uh, with a couple of the manufacturers showing a lot of commercial stuff, right? I talked to three or four luxury residential speaker manufacturers who were all touting their ability to take like their six and a half in, inch in ceilings and bounce them directly out of a theater and put them into uh, high performance music for a restaurant or a museum or something like that and literally take the same skew and just pop the thing over, uh, which was really cool to see. The one that blew my mind was KRA. And somebody had mentioned that they have, that they had like the, the snake thing. And the second they mentioned it, and I can't remember who, who pointed it out to me, I went, oh, you mean the Anaconda? And they looked at me like I was crazy because they don't go to the other shows that the three of us typically go to. Um, <clears throat> but so KRA has a, and they've had this for a couple of years, but it's a speaker um, that's linear and it can be literally like tied in a knot because they use it for flexible applications. They're really, really cool. Um, but so I walked over to see if that's what they were showing or if they had something new. And you know, when you walk into a booth and you're, you're looking at the people that are standing there and you're doing the, like, do I actually say something to them or do I just walk away? Because I don't, <laughs> like, no, 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 not for any reason other than you're just tired. You've been, you've talked to a lot of people. No, I, I laugh because I feel seen. Cause that's, that's my, <laughs> I'm like, this looks very awkward. I want to leave right now. Me too. That's why I need people like Katie to guide me around and force yeah. me into having conversations. Come on in, introverts. It's okay. <laughs> so I walk up to the booth. They don't have it on the front, but they have this itty-bitty little speaker. And Mitchell is going to, whether he knows it or not, um, he's going to put a, an image up on the site so you can see what I'm it talking about. It is teeny about. tiny. It is like an inch by maybe two inches at most. I like the color options. It is micro. Like it is smaller. Their big one is smaller than this remote, right? Like it is absolutely tiny and i'm holding an apple tv remote for anyone who's not watching and i look at it and one of their one of their uh employees is standing there is like well do you want to hear it and i did jeremy for a second i did the like i don't want to go talk to someone and listen to a demo. I'm so tired of demos. and i'm like so finally I, I i i must have had this awesome look on my face of like i don't have time for this crap and then I gave in and I'm like, you know what? Sure. Let's hear it. Thinking it's going to be terrible because miniature speakers are always terrible. No highs, no lows. <laughs> Must be a manufacturer of headphones that I actually like. Yeah. Um, so I walk into the demo room and they're playing some other speakers, which sound great. And again, I've heard the Anaconda. They make good sounding stuff, but I don't expect these little speakers to be anything other than minuscule background noise and he takes over and turns the thing on and it is absolutely insanity 
like 98 dB out of this one inch driver coupled with a subwoofer that's smaller than the mini sub from uh, Sonos, right? Like it is a tiny little subwoofer and that thing pounded. And it was just the one speaker with the sub? It wasn't like an array of speakers? Nope. It was two of these little speakers that I, I kid you not, they're the size of my finger. I think Matt liked them. I really, really, really liked them. They they were the highlight of my show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. That sounds crazy. Of course, I didn't see it till just before I was getting ready to leave, so I couldn't blow them up mm -hmm. and send a bunch of people their way. But you you need to go check those out. Those were stinking phenomenal. So you just did. You just sent a bunch of people their way. So. I did. You did. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Find somebody who has them so you can hear them because they are... And again, like, don't think that they're going to replace a massive front of house system or something like that, right? But they were insane. So you'll like them. Um, what else did you guys see? One of the weird things that I saw last year, but I, and I didn't appreciate it last year, I didn't understand it, was the um, the Aura. I, I, the name sounds like something else. That's not what it is. But the Aura, is that how you pronounce it? Hunter Douglas? Mm -hmm. The lit the lighted shades the lit shade which seems like an oxymoron but it was yeah it it was really interesting i it it worked this time for me like it was i understood it it started, had sunk in i guess and the demo was even smoother mm -hmm. they did it as like an automated demo like you get it um they they said it was um like the tiki room was their inspiration at disney where you go in and just kind of starts going tiki, 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 yeah tiki but they didn't have any singing birds left. um but the idea is that that it's it, it's a way to use your your multi-purpose shades, the shades that have a room darkening layer and the front, you know, um, kind of translucent layer. And at night when they close, they're not just a dark spot on the window. It actually has this backlighting now that has a metallic reflector underneath. So it just looks like sort of smooth, subtle lighting. And um, someone who who I really respect, David Warfel, who's um, director of light can help you. He does a lot of lighting design for the industry now, works a lot with the buying groups. He apparently came in and was saying this is like the th missing ingredient for him as a lighting designer to try to incorporate into um, a home. So I just thought it was a interesting thing, something no one ever knew we needed, probably maybe don't still need it, but it's a fun little option for designers to integrate and integrators to integrate. I appreciate the partnerships you're seeing happen, like uh, Sonos and um, Sony with the AVR, that they have that built in so you don't have to have two remotes if you're gonna have an AVR. Or uh, Leon had that really cool partnership with Sony so Sony can do a frame around their displays. That was neat, you know, play wells with other, but it's beyond just a programming piece. It's like they're actually speaking to each other. Yeah, and I liked, I liked um, that, that uh, Leon message. I think I mentioned on the panel the other day, um, Heather, that, that they, well, maybe I was somewhere else, but they said, everyone's trying to hide technology. We're trying to like put sort of fashion around it. Yeah, Leon does a really good job at that. Yeah. They're actually even moving away from calling it tech concealment, which was, you know, sort of like, what do we call this thing that we do? And so it became concealment. And now they're backing away from that and sort of, you know, celebrating technology, but making it beautiful, you know, in all of the typical language. I saw a lot of that. I mean, you know, I think Basalt had, um, I don't know if that's always yeah. been on the line or not, but they had some really cool, it was like, well, partly it was the color. It was like this really awesome olive green in wall flanking uh, TVs. I have no idea how they sounded, but it was just 
use, I think my thing is I saw more design forward audio solutions that were sort of celebrating audio, but in making audio still present, but making it beautiful in the space. And I think that that was. And you guys had like a whole design day, right, Katie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and actually that was kind of cool. Lutron and, uh, and Katra really um, did such a great job with that demo when they first brought in Katra. And now I see the lighting companies finally starting to step away from just having fixtures on a table and trying to recreate some kind of a, yeah, automated demo where it brings you through the whole, you know, daylight. Lutron did a great job again at that. They, mm -hmm. that was their, their demos, both sides were very good. Yeah. One of them was a spa and it even smelled good in there, which is kind of rare for a trade show. Usually you smell like <laughs> a weird fryer smell. Voice. What are you talking about? You walk around with me all the time and I smell great. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very localized smell, but I'm talking about the general <laughs> essence of the show. <laughs> Sandalwood and cedar. And B.O., that's another one you smell. Well, the aroma outside was not bad. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. <laughs> you know, it it's something where we are finally seeing a step beyond the vignette, right? We're seeing actual application. We're seeing actual functionality of stuff. And, you know, again, Leon does a fantastic job of that in honestly bringing back the reason so many people fell in love with audio to, to begin with, right? It's because you had these beautifully handcrafted speaker cabinets that were like beautiful, the wood grain, the, the stain color, like back in the sixties and seventies, though, that's why you bought them was because they looked awesome. JBL is doing that. I don't know if you went by Harvard. Yeah, yeah, they're bringing they back the, the old like, school. Um, I'm going to blank on the model. Um, but that flagship no, speaker from the 70s. The memory loss thing again. Yeah, it's because yeah, I'm old. Yeah. We got it, Katie. But, we understand. Everyone knows I'm old. I'm bad with remembering. Um, <laughs> right, but you're, you're seeing that happen more. Um, I walked into the, the WAC demo uh, for WAC lighting and Aspire. And they were showing, you know, again. Oh, yeah. That's a, a bunch of different fixtures and in the ones where we can see the guts and see all the stuff that we as integrators like, but they also had a little, a little room where they were showing, you know, that, yeah, you can use this ridiculously small three quarter of a three quarter of an inch aperture to deliver a thousand lumens in a downlight. So you don't have to use this big, massive can. You can use a really aesthetically pleasing pin light and downlight a room without any issue. Um, they had, they were showing a, um, essentially like a bullet light that goes into their strut system that has integrated louvers, which as a stage lighting guy, I loved, um, cause you can literally louver that, that little pin light so that you can frame a picture or a, a section of the wall or whatever you want to light. Or, or put a gobo, you know, yeah. another theatrical yeah. term where you can send like a logo on a wall or something like that with it. So. Yeah, that, that was the one specifically I was remembering that was kind of creating more of an experience. It's fantastic, right? And I no. think that's one of those things that it's going to help move our industry forward in that concept, mm -hmm. right? Because we can talk about daylight harvesting or we can talk about circadian rhythm and that's fantastic. But, and this is something where the aura from Hunter Douglas is phenomenal, right? Like not only is it, replicating daylight but it's replicating the source of daylight which i've listened to um i don't know if any of you have heard of andrew huberman but he's this scientist out of i think stanford and he talks a lot about things like circadian rhythm and lighting and how it affects you and the big pushback is that 
when it's just down lights from your ceiling, yeah, you've got the right color temperature for the time you want it to be, but that's not where the light comes from. You're not able to trick your brain as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you you're tricking your brain, but you're not tricking it enough. Yeah, right. It's like the fake the fake stars in the home theater kind of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's there, and yeah, it might look like the sky, but it doesn't really look like the sky. But you're still in your basement. You're not. Yeah. But that ability to get that light to em, um, em not emulate, um, emanate from that window shade, where it would be normally. I think that's the, I think that's kind of the missing link when we talk about things like, um, circadian rhythm and all, all those other things. Um, so that was the side that I was really happy because the last time I was at ISC, we were starting to see that we were starting to see a better, um, experience on the floor, emulating real life that we hadn't really had other than in like a theater room, right? Before. To see it happening on the floor at Cedia, I thought was absolutely fantastic. So kudos to all the companies that did that. And shame on you if you didn't. <laughs> Honestly, it's such a better experience. I, I make note of this where there, there was that one, there were those couple of years that I call them the dark ages of Cedia yeah. Expo where the video manufacturers kind of quit on the show because they were going commodity. They were going yep. end user. And that was prior to 4K. And then 4K comes along. They're like, oh, man, we need a little help with this rollout because people don't understand it they don't know why they need to upgrade from their cool plasma that they already have and they came back to cedia and suddenly we had video again and visuals but there for that couple of years like every meeting was a black box and it's just oh, so it's hard terrible. to get excited about that talking about network no offense to networking stuff but it's really hard to have a, like a deep conversation about the technical stuff when it's just a little box you're talking about um so you try to add that like experience in there and it really does tell the story better, especially for someone. I'm not a, you know, propeller head. I'm like a, you know, end user kind of perspective guy who mm -hmm. has just fallen into being a technical writer. But I think that it, it affects everybody, you know, well, if you can do it as an experience. It was speaking of black boxes, I was quite surprised and, and happy to see the prevalence of Netgear throughout the show floor in other manufacturers booth because i know they've that they, really embraced the channel they they've really embraced have. the channel they've made a big investment into creating av specific mm -hmm. networking products and and, and that, that's no shame on any of the companies that are currently in our space that are you know av specific but to see a big manufacturer make that push and then see that received the way it has been um that was really really cool all right let's do closing thoughts because why not? Um, Katie, I'll start with you. <laughs> Closing thoughts. <laughs> Closing thoughts. Okay. <laughs> right. Final right, takeaways. I'm trying not to go way past time today. <laughs> okay. Well, so my final takeaways, I spent a lot of time as I, as I have over the last several years, I spent a lot of time at the intersection of technology and design. There was a day, a designer's day of discovery there on Thursday. And we, there were like 90 designers that showed up to this thing, which is really, really, really impressive. Quick takeaway there is that they actually really appreciated on behalf of themselves and their clientele, the very basic audio demo. We're going to play you this track. Here's what you're going to hear. And then they heard it. All of a sudden, it was more relatable and more relevant to them why a speaker needs to be made the way that it's made, and therefore why there's a price point that it might command. It taking, you know, distilling things down to a really basic level, even though we've heard it a million times, 
we need we really do need to start doing this. I'm coming in as a communicator now. We brought in someone who is our yoga instructor to teach yoga on Saturday. She doesn't come from from the channel. She's into tech. She's mid thirties. I had her take over our Instagram account. Why would I do that as a PR firm who's covering brands at the show? Because I wanted to see how she saw the show and have her give us that feedback so that I can take this into the communications realm and help us figure out how to tell the next generation and the generation beyond what we do. I was in an elevator and two guys, there was me and two other guys going in the elevator and two just off the street coming out of the football game. They looked at me, looked at the other guy and they said, so is there like some home like technology, something going on? The other industry guy says, yeah, it's, it's home automation. And then the guy in the elevator says, oh, like Sonos and stuff. And the other guy just laughed at him. And then he exited the elevator. When he did, I went ahead and filled in the blanks there. When we have these opportunities to tell people what we do, we really need to be better at explaining what we do. And that's so as a communicator and then also bringing in designers, when we do that, we get the aha and we make things relatable. And this is how we keep our channel growing. It was a really big deal because I, I saw light bulbs going off and I saw that when we do these things, it's really successful. So uh, keep doing that if you're already doing it. If you're not, definitely take some takeaways from that. I think video is absolutely back, Jeremy, like you said. It's bigger, badder, better, bolder. Mm -hmm. And it's now it's down to how you apply it. And, and I think what we see next year is really going to be even more compelling. Yeah, that's true. Jeremy? Yeah, I'll do the thing that everybody that does at CDN and just say it's about the people and it's about the relationships. And you get the <laughs> I mean, the four of us having this conversation is just the perfect example of that photo we have of us together. And, mm -hmm. you know, Siaka was there too, but we, you know, he's just connecting to together. He and, and... No, he's dead to me. It's over. Oh, no. I'm in. I'm in. I already I just... X'd him out of the photo. <laughs> he's like the disappearing uh, photo and, uh, you know, back to the future, right? Um, so I, uh, I, I ordered a pickleball paddle because the oh, one I had was like me. 20, $25 and it was I'm so ineffective. I know it here. wasn't my talent level. It was the equipment, it, it, you know, I'd just been at CD Expo. I knew the equipment needed to be upgraded and I got back. I didn't even hardly sit down to have a, a drink, you know, on my sofa last night. And I get this text from Siaka with a link to a pickleball sale. And this is the one my daughter Lauren uses. Like, well, if it's good enough for Lauren, it's good enough for me. And it's a first responders uh, themed uh, pile. So I've got the like soaring eagle on it and the American flag. I look like I'm. You're trying really hard. And I appreciate I, it. but I think your game is improving already, Jeremy. I, I, you just take I, the game I, I like two Like yeah. how, how good of a game can pickleball players actually get? Let's be, let's be fair. All right, Heather. Um, we're done with Jeremy is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Mute, mute his mic. <laughs> yeah, if you talk about pickleball, um, I go with the uh, the commercial girl in a commercial girl in a resi world. Um, I've obviously grew up um, on the resi side, and I've spent the last ten years now on the commercial side. And to see this um, beginning, this I mean, yes, a bunch of resi people have done resi companies have done like commercial in the past. Um, I think to now have the manufacturers start to actually teach the appropriate way to do it, um, why it's important to use a commercial display versus a residential one in these applications, um, what it means on the video wall, how to teach, how to um, connect, how to install is so important. Um, I'd like to see that continue um, because as someone who's lived through this um, school of hard knocks about how to run your company that way too, because how you run your commercial company is a little bit different monster than how you might run a residential company. So um, it was it was really interesting to see the beginning of that. I think that's the gray area between what Cedia is and maybe, and what Infocom is. Um, going to Infocom for the first time was so intimidating. Um, I remember being at a crush party and knowing nobody. 
Um, so I think that this is a good gray area for. I don't know if I call it the dark side. A little bit dark side. That's that's a, that's a little dark. I thought that was working for a PR agency. Yeah. Again, yeah. you get it wrong. It's really the dark side. All right, I'll wrap this with, I guess I don't know, a couple quick points. One, it was great to be back. Um, I hated missing the last couple of years, but glad. It was so good. Oh my gosh, to be seen. It was good to see you. To anyone who said hi to me that I gave you the very generic, hey buddy, great to see you. It's because I didn't remember who you were. Um, <laughs> Just because I can't remember who you are. And there's more than a handful who got that response of like, I'm so glad you're doing well. Good to see you. I gotta go. Um, it's because I didn't remember you. Mama. I'm sorry. Hey, buddy. Hey, dude. <laughs> You're here. What's up? I'm so glad you made it. Heather, what's the line? It's good to see you. How are you? Yes. <laughs> so good to see you. Right. Not, not good to meet you. You always say it's good to see you. I love the people that have no filter at all, and they just stare right at your badge and go, oh, hi. You know, like That's why I hide my badge under my jacket every year, is because yeah. it really quickly points out the people who do the... If you're just listening, I'm doing the like, look at your face, kind of look at your chest, look kind of to see if it hid behind the front of your jacket, and then keep looking down, down, trying to find a badge because they don't know who you are. Um, those are fun. Um, whereas I look you in the eye and say, hey, buddy, great to see you. Uh, and then keep walking. I'm sorry, Matt. You don't like when people look at your chest. I try not to. Right. It's yeah. rude. My eyes are up here. Dang it. Look at the brooch, Heather. Remember, that was the other line we learned. <laughs> I, I think the... We can never underestimate how important the people are to the industry. Um, I would have happily gone to the show just to see people and not seen any tech at all because we had probably better conversations walking the floor with other people or sitting down having a meal or coffee or sparkling water or whatever um, as good, if not better than anything we had uh, in a booth. Um, the push of commercial is fantastic, as Heather pointed out. Um, we need to, as an industry, remember that if you're going to do commercial, you need to do commercial, not retrofit some resi crap. Um, and I mean that lovingly. Tell us how you really feel. I am um, into a commercial environment, right? Because let's be really blunt. You make way more money if you use commercial grade gear in a commercial environment. And it works longer. And it works. Yeah. Um, which again, means you make more money. Um, the last thing I'll touch on is I really, really liked seeing some of the lighting manufacturers there and the real lighting manufacturers, which again, is nothing against our industry specific manufacturers that are doing some awesome work, but to see the buy-in from companies like WAC from companies like uh, American Lighting and their Prolux division. That, heck, Lightline was there. That is great for a channel that has been pushing lighting, not just lighting control, but pushing lighting as a vertical for years to finally have some real buy-in from the main, major manufacturers that do this every day um, is, is really, really cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing that grow uh, as not only a vertical, but also as a design focused vertical, because that's what it has to be. Um, I think Jeremy got to sit through my rant on Friday night about lighting, so I won't give it now. Um, but if you call me, I'll give it to you quite, quite happily over the course of probably 30 minutes. Cause it's a long one. Um, other than that, uh, 
I had a blast at the show. You guys all had a blast at the show. I think um, Jeremy unfortunately yep. had to play pickleball while he was there. Other than that, it was fantastic. So, uh, Heather, where can people connect with you? Um, what do we say these days? We say X. Find me an X. I don't care. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's acknowledging that name. Anyway, it's tech underscore chi. You can Google me. Find me there. LinkedIn. I'm all over. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about ResiTech Today uh, or your podcast, where can they do that? Yeah, ResiTechToday.com for the podcast and the website for the magazine. And uh, find me on LinkedIn, too, if you want to connect. So, um, it, you know, it was really cool is that that young kid, Chris Oram, yeah. that was on the podcast yeah. and all with us, Influencer. He, uh, he was new to Cedia last year, came on his own dime because he's kind of a hobbyist. And he got hired by Eagle Century in Las Vegas, where he lives. And there he is for a second um, expo, and we're on the train in from the airport. He he spotted me. Somehow we ended up on the same train car, and he spotted me. He's like, I think we're on a panel together. Are you Jeremy? And I just felt like the one time I ever felt like a celebrity, honestly. Like, and I'm not bragging. It just was weird. But it, it was really cool that, you know, someone just from, like, social media, whatever it was, we, we can connect with each other, and when we get to see each other in person, like mm-hmm. someone new like that, they reach out and they want to, you know, if they're not shy, they, they, uh, they want to meet the real person. So you could win our one to watch award. Some people might call that stalking, but you know, or, or just being famous. It's cool. It, it, it was, it was a little weird, but it, uh, it made me feel good. Like that. What a good, Hey, good credit to that kid. I'd be scared out of my mind if it was my second CDA, you know, not knowing that many people. That's true. Yeah. All right, Katie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB, where can they do that? Oh, uh, like, well, like Heather said, just Google me. Because <laughs> I go to a song. Um, <laughs> and it's a fun it's song. A song. Uh, KMB, KMB Communications, we're the one with the mountain logo, or me, Katie McGregor Bennett. I'm K-A-T-Y-E. So <laughs> search any of that. You'll find us. Excellent. Thank you all again for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter or X or most social platforms at Matt D. Scott. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 